Here is a provocative question. Does God still speak? It'd be nice if God would speak as clearly as God does in the Bible, right? In direct conversational English. But rarely does God's voice come through that clearly. In today's A Critical Faith podcast, we talk about God's voice sounding like thunder. So what does that mean? And what does the rumbling thunder of God's voice sound like today? Let's find out. Here is Pastor Sue Collar from First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. The book of Job is best known as a story of a good man who tragically suffered as a result of a contest between God and the adversary. And he cries out to God about the injustice of that. In the text we're about to hear, Elihu, one of Job's friends, who's trying to convince him that his illness must be the result of God's punishment for Job's sin, he slips. And without even being aware of it, he acknowledges that God is mysterious. And God is often at work in ways that we cannot see. So listen for the word of God for us today through Job 37. At this also my heart trembles and leaps out of its place. Listen, listen to the thunder of God's voice and the rumbling that comes from God's mouth. Under the whole heaven God lets it loose and God's lightning to the corners of the earth. After it, God's voice roars. God thunders with a majestic voice and does not restrain the lightning when God's voice is heard. God thunders wondrously with God's voice and does great things that we cannot comprehend. Why doesn't God speak to us today like God spoke to the faithful in ancient times? Moses was walking through the desert, sees a fire in a bush and goes to investigate, and God speaks to him. In fact, they have quite a detailed conversation. God tells Moses, take off your shoes. Moses asks, who are you? And God answers, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God says to Moses, go to Egypt. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses says, I can't. I don't talk very well. God says, no problem. I'll send your brother Aaron with you. He could do the talking for you. God tells Abraham and Sarah they are going to be parents in their 90s. Sarah laughs. God says, why did you laugh? Sarah says, I didn't laugh. God says, yes, you did. Even Paul. Paul meets the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he hears Jesus ask him, why do you persecute me? And Paul asks, who are you? And Jesus says, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now go into the city and you'll be told what to do. And then there's me. I keep looking at my phone, waiting for God's answer to my eternal question of, okay, God, what should I do now? And there is nothing, not even in the spam folder. We read these Old Testament stories and it sounds so clear. God leaves no room for misunderstanding. God communicates very clearly what is expected. And yet today, it's almost like God is ghosting us. And yet, do we really believe that the God who created us, the God who keeps giving us multiple second chances, the God who became one of us, who died for us, do we really believe that this God would speak so clearly then and not now? 
I think God speaks just as clearly now as God did then. But I don't always think we're ready to listen. And I think we have filled up our lives with so much noise that we miss God's voice over and over and over again. I don't think I've ever told you the full story about God calling me to ministry. The short version I know I've told you before. I went to college to be an underwater archaeologist. I went to the only college in the United States that actually had not only an archaeology major but an underwater archaeology program. The night before my first day of classes, my freshman year, I woke up in the middle of the night with a thought as clear as if someone spoke it, you're not going to be an archaeologist, you're going to be a minister. So I called my pastor the next day and I asked her, how do you know if God is speaking to you? The rest is history. Here I am. I liken that moment to being hit over the head with a brick or a baseball bat. The longer story is that I think that moment was such a dramatic experience for me because I'd missed all of the other times God had spoken to me and guided me to this path. As I look back now, I see those moments where there were flashes of insight and moments where God had spoken. It started when I was a child experiencing faith when my mother brought me to church. And then there was this tiny little Methodist church that nurtured my faith. I was in middle school at the time, and I have to admit, I really didn't care about going to worship. So I volunteered in the nursery during church because then I didn't have to go to worship. And after worship, I helped fold the chairs in the sanctuary. We didn't have pews then. Put them away until the next Sunday. In high school, I attended a Presbyterian church, and again, I can't really say faith was that important to me then, but it was a place to belong. It was a home for this Presbyterian kid in the Sea of Mormons. After I graduated from high school, I became a youth group leader so that I could lead, co-lead actually, a youth mission trip to Tijuana, Mexico. That was probably the first time I could really say that I saw how important faith was for people. It's not that it wasn't important for anybody I'd met before then. It's just that I never thought about it, and to be blunt, they never talked about it. After that mission trip, I left for college. After I called my pastor, I called another friend. She was actually one of the co-leaders on that mission trip. And she said she wasn't at all surprised. She had seen God calling me and leading me to that path for years. I just wasn't listening. I just didn't see it until God finally hit me over the head and made it about as clear as it could be. In the book of Job, Job's friend Elihu speaks of God's voice sounding like thunder. Think of one of those rolling thunders that just seems to go on forever. God had been speaking to me for years. It just wasn't until the reverberations of that voice had built up enough for me to register it that I realized God was speaking to me. And it wasn't just one moment in time. It was the thunder of a thousand small moments about which I can now look back and say, and God spoke. Author Eric Elness talks not just about thunder but about lightning. And he makes the point, we don't always see the lightning. 
You know, lightning is, is actually silent. It's when the space that's created by lightning closes up that we hear the thunder. But lightning is silent, and it often gets lost in the storm. Can't tell you how many times Linda and I have been on a road trip in the middle of a storm, and Linda will go, oh, did you see that? And I turn my head, and it's like, nope, it's already gone. But when we hear the thunder, it gets our attention. And it points us not to the thunder, but back to the lightning back to that moment of insight that we may not have fully grasped at the time, or a moment of inspiration, or a moment of clarity, or, or one of those aha moments when something just finally clicks into place. When we start to see those and we put all those together, when, as Elness says, the lightning flashes and the thunder reverberates powerfully and repeatedly in the same location, it's a good sign God is talking. Reality is most of us probably miss most of those signs. When we are surrounded by countless voices demanding our attention, children who want just one more thing from us, bosses who have just one more job for us, groups of people who want just one more piece of us, when we're carrying storms of shame and guilt and worry and anxiety and fear, it can be hard to hear God. There are so many voices vying for our attention. And sometimes those voices deaden us to God's voice. In those cases, the rumblings and the thunder of God's voice may have to go on a long, long time before we notice. But just because we don't notice doesn't mean God isn't talking. Even when we don't notice, God still speaks. God's word never comes back empty. All those times I never heard God's voice, God still guided me even though I didn't know I was being guided. So, you know, maybe when we feel God is silent, Maybe when we feel less alive, maybe when we feel lost in our own dark wood, those are the times when we need to start listening for the thunder, when we need to start looking back to see if we missed any flashes of lightning, because God is with us. God speaks. If you feel like you're just going through the motions, start listening for the roll of God's thunder. And if you don't hear it, ask someone if they do. I was actually a little put out when I called my friend, and she said she'd seen me on this path for a long time. I think the first thing I blurted out to her was, was, well, why didn't you tell me? Ask your friends if they are hearing God speak to you and seeing signs of that. One of the things about God speaking is that I think probably what a lot of us carry inside of us as a hope is that when we finally hear God's voice, that everything will become clear and that we will emerge from our dark wood in a new place and, you know, we can just finally live our life. I think a lot of us hope that when we reach that point, we'll be able to leave all the struggles and the uncertainness uh, behind us. One of the things that Elna said in his book that I want to lift up is that you don't just step out of the dark wood one day exclaiming, now I can live my life just doesn't happen that way. But it helps if we recognize that those uncertainties and those struggles are also gifts from God. Only now they become deeply connected to a path that leads to life, a path that brings you alive. They begin to work for you and not against you, and they also begin to be a blessing to others. I can easily identify things I've learned in my time in the dark wood that I really wish I could have learned in easier ways, but they're a part of what makes me who I am today. The skills I learned then and the resiliency that I learned then 
has served me well on this new path that God has called me to. And I don't want to lose that stuff. I would not be the person I am today if it weren't for that. And the things I learned then have helped me with struggles and uncertainties today that in turn also make me a better person and a better pastor and a better follower of Jesus Christ. So don't go into this thinking that as soon as you hear God's voice, you can emerge and everything's going to be perfect. That's not the way life is. There are blessings even in the struggles and the pain. Which is not to say that there are some things that are so painful that we wouldn't change them if we could. But even then, the things we learn in the dark wood has the potential to lead us to something life-giving and something that blesses others. Megan was 10 days old when she died in a house fire accidentally set by her six-year-old brother. Her parents, they were more than devastated. They carry with them the grief and the guilt of that moment even to this day. But they emerged from that dark wood place with a passion to help others, promoting the installation of smoke detectors in everyone's home. Another family in a church I served lost their teenage son to leukemia. A few years later, six families in a small community near us lost their children in multiple car accidents just a few months apart. In response to that tragedy, that, that first set of parents started a Compassionate Friends chapter in our church for the other families who'd lost their children. Both sets of parents could have stayed in that very dark place of grief and pain and anger. They could have let that drown God out. But the rumbling thunder of God's voice reverberated in them, calling them forth to a place where they could minister to others. And the reverberation of God speaking to them continues to impact them and bless those around them. I do think we have a tendency to think or maybe just to hope that when we hear God clearly, all of our troubles will just fall away and that we will feel better. But it really isn't the way it works. Rather, the experiences and the lessons we learn in the dark wood are transformed in ways that bring us alive that allow us to become a channel for loving others. By the way, there is one way to check to see whether you're hearing God or not. Because I think sometimes we all have the question that I asked my pastor, how do you know when God is speaking to you? Ask yourself, does it lead to love? If it does, you can bet God has something to do with it. If it doesn't, well then pay attention to those flashes of insight, those tiny moments when life seems to rise up in you, those moments when hope peeks its head above the trees, and those times when the thunder continues to rumble and reverberate in your soul. You will find in those moments not more chaos, but God calling you to discover yourself, your true self, and a path that will be, bring blessings to you and to others. Thank you for joining us today for a Critical Faith podcast from First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. We are a community where faith is nurtured, curiosity is encouraged, diversity is welcomed, and all are loved. Find out more about us by liking our Facebook page at First Presbyterian Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, or by going to our website at fpclincoln.org.